Hi, my name is Ian Parry and welcome to What the Future, the podcast which explores what it means to be a future leader. We speak with interesting people about topics that matter. In today's episode, we speak about what it's like to lose your job through redundancy with Mary Cope and Sam Miles. Hi, both. Hey, Ian. Yeah, good. Thanks. Um, thanks for joining me today. Um, now, this is this is particularly topical um, across the energy industry at the moment. We, we've seen so many uh, companies having to um, close up shop um, through the energy crisis. So, you know, there'll be lots of people uh, listening to this podcast and, and wanting to sort of pick up uh, tips and tricks. I'm really looking forward to hearing. Uh, hearing from you both today. Um, so really grateful for your time and, and thanks for joining me. Um, so so just jumping straight into it then, Sam, um, can you talk me, talk me through how it feels to go through a redundancy process? Yeah, sure, Ian. And thank you, by the way, for having us. Um, so hi, I'm Sam Miles. I'm currently the general manager of a UK-based energy supplier called Colorado Energy. Um, now, like many others, unfortunately, at the moment, we found ourselves quite recently um, going through a supplier of last resort process with the regulator, fundamentally making our organisation um, at risk of redundancy, unfortunately. So thanks for inviting me, because I think the timing for this podcast is um, probably quite uh, right, I think, considering mm. that there's a, a lot of people going through a really similar process at the moment. So um so I think, yeah, how, how does it feel? I think in short, it's it's pretty rough, isn't it? Um, so for me personally, this is the first time I've gone through a redundancy process. It's the second time I've managed a redundancy process, but it's the first time I've been personally at risk of redundancy. Um, and I think um, going through and managing it previously showed me a version of what that process looked like and it was it was really awful and obviously there's a a lot of emotions that are attached to to that but I think going through it now um both sides so managing it within my organization and being part of that process as well really showed me um the more uh, I suppose human side to to what that feels like because it was a lot more personal this time around as well um obviously there's a number of reasons why redundancy can occur um, for us, as I mentioned already, it was it was predominantly down to the fact that we'd been part of the energy crisis, as you've mentioned earlier, um, yeah. and it, it put 25 of us at risk of redundancy overnight. Um, I think for some, it might feel like a relief, actually. Um, I don't think that's the majority. I think the majority is uh, it's, it's quite a grieving process. So you go through a process of probably feeling quite angry, um, resentful. Um, I think for me in particular, it was primarily the concern, actually, I think that um, the concern that I had for my employees and my peers and my colleagues, and then uh, finally for myself, it was, well, uh, what are we gonna do next? And what does the future look like? Um, and what about our families? And can we pay our bills? And, you know, we, we were coming up towards Christmas as well. So that was an added kind of issue of, you know, what were we gonna be doing? Um, so I think in short, Ian, it's just, it's an awful process that I, you know, I don't think anyone's grateful to go through, um, but uh, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of feelings going on. And I think yeah. it's, it's worth recognizing those uh, and just making sure that that you're talking as frequently as you can and, and just being supportive where possible. No, that's really, really helpful. Thanks, Sam. Um, good opener. Now, now, Mary, can you just kind of um, pick up on that question? Uh, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself um, and then 
you know how it feels from your point of view um and and the listeners will understand that you've got a, a slightly different perspective to sam on, on the redundancy process as well yes thanks ian uh just a little bit about me i'm mary cope and i'm currently head of hr learning and development at the share center where for the past six years i've supported the business in its development in both staffing levels and cultural evolution with our success acknowledged both through silver level accreditation by investors in people and also as finalists in the UK's business culture awards in the small business category. And I'm going through a redundancy process myself at this time. So the subject of this podcast is currently close to my heart following the recent acquisition of my employer by another player in the industry. So in terms of how it feels to be going through a redundancy process. Um, Obviously, the process has a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, It starts with a business review, which results in the potential for impacting roles. And therefore, those in them seek communication and get involved in all sorts of words like consultation and being put at risk and receipt of formal notice of redundancy, mm. which can all sound a bit scary. It's hardly music to the ears. Yeah. And, and, and so the process is um, legalistic to some extent, which again means it's, it, it's not the normal working experience. Um, I think it's not the first time I've lost my job to redundancy. Um, and in a variety of different industry sectors for different reasons. And I think the thing that that comes through is that as an individual, um, sometimes it can feel like there's no control of the process. (coughs) And so therefore there's absolutely no right or wrong way to experience the process of it. And much depends, it seems to me, on... um, how it's happening within the business. And what I mean by that is, for example, where the whole organization is impacted and for example, everyone's going to lose their employment, just perhaps there can be some comfort taken. Mm. Um, Whereas in circumstances which impacts a function on its own or even just a single individual, um, the degree of any comfort to to be derived from the rationale behind the decision can be a bit harder to find. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing to say is whether it comes almost as a relief um, because it might bring to an end a role which hasn't been particularly enjoyed, but which maybe it was hard to walk away from, or um, conversely, if it leads to a real sadness because of the high level of Um, the positive feelings which having that role has produced. Um, The one thing's for sure that feelings of uncertainty and insecurity and a dip in confidence and a multitude of worries is likely to emerge, whether specifically related to the redundancy or possibly just triggered by it. Um, And what that can feel like is a temptation not to talk about it in the hope that the situation will go away and maybe that's um, 
unhelpful because it puts on hold actions required to move forward um, and also potentially feelings of isolation, um, mm. which then need to be managed alone because one's chosen not particularly to talk about it. Mm. So the flip side to that in terms of going through a redundancy process is somehow to access positive thinking and to think about um, taking action towards the future that you want to create for yourself and surrounding yourself with people who will support a positive frame of mind um, which is needed to um, have the energy and find the time which is necessary to move forward. Um, finally, I think on this point, um, a redundancy process um, can come as a bit of a, a, a shock if the whole process doesn't last very long from initial communication through to finding oneself out without doing the work that one was employed in doing. Equally, um, there's a challenge if one is required to work notice because juggling job hunting with the continuing the existing role um, can produce a potential to feel overstretched in both directions and meet conflicting demands. So um, there's probably quite a lot in what I've said that maybe resonates perhaps with Sam um, in case you wanted to respond to any of that. Yeah, no, I think you're, you, you're, you're, you're a hell of a lot more eloquent than I am, Mary. Um, I think, you know, you've covered that off incredibly nicely. There's a lot of feelings there that you've covered. And I think um, isolation was one that I hadn't mentioned because uh, I think in my experience, we've been doing, um, well, you know, whenever I've been involved in a redundancy process, it hasn't just been, you know, a singular individual. And that's how I would typically um, associate isolation with. But even when you, you, you've got a whole organisation going through that process, something that even I had felt actually um, as a leader of that process was isolated. Yeah, I felt like I had nowhere really to go. Um, and I'm certain that there was a lot of people in my team that had felt the same way. So um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's, um, that's, a, that's a good good spot there. Um, and certainly when, when I've been through this, um, I, I definitely took a hit to confidence. Um, and you know, I, I'm not somebody that generally, uh, uh, it might surprise you, talk about th these things. So I, I would definitely sort of end up in isolation. But part, part of that was um, a feeling of being a failure as well, not wanting to advertise that fact. So so my, my rationale would have been, I'm not going to share this information with people. I'm going to choose to isolate myself because I would feel I was being, I, I would be spotted as a failure because of this. Um, yeah. I want to, when I, when I look at you both, actually, you know, look at your careers and the, 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 the great experiences you, you both had, you know, you're both by any measure, very successful women, yet you both find yourself in this situation. So, so this it's clear, there's no connection between success and redundancy is just just something that happens. But why do we why do we then put this extra pressure on ourselves by saying, "Well, we failed. There's something we've done here, um, and actually, we must find a job very quickly, um, mm -hmm. and sometimes end up jumping into a job that isn't the right thing for us just because of that just because of that worry." So there's a 
there's a swirling noise of emotion uh, around this that um, and, and being isolated and, and not reaching out or even if you do reach out sometimes the, the people aren't, aren't quite available to you and you you certainly work out who your friends are I think quite quickly when you're in this sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, actually. And it's it's like um, it's a loss process, isn't it? You know, you're grieving for this job that for a lot of people you've fallen in love with. Um, you're incredibly loyal because, you know, for some it's, it's something that you've built and you've been involved in since day one. Um, albeit, you know, that's not that's not everybody. Uh, but for me personally, I, I took this really, really hard going through this process because it felt so personal because mm. I'm absolutely the kind of person that when I'm in, I'm in and I'll and I'll and I'll belong to that organization until you tell me I can't normally. Yeah. Um, so I get those feelings. And um, particularly when you were saying around, you know, just jumping into the next thing and actually trying to hide the failure of redundancy. But um yeah it's it's incredibly difficult and I, and I don't know what triggers that feeling actually that's quite interesting of of why we think that equals failure um but I'm sure uh, I don't know whether Mary you've got anything more to say there but um you're right that that feeling of oh crap um how people are going to perceive me I've actually mm. got you know a, a really long history of um doing really well in in any organization that I've been in before but have I failed now um uh, predominantly because I, I was a leader in that organization as well so it wasn't just that I was any old employee but being a leader of an organization that has subsequently um, gone into uh, a mass redundancy process feels absolutely horrific um, I've been lucky enough where I haven't been perceived that way by my peers I'm really really grateful for that and um, as I said to you already and I've, I've been lucky enough to find myself a new role already which uh, I'm insanely grateful for um, but I think this when possible and where possible is is really best to try and when you're going through the process of of all the feelings but to, to try and recognize that there is potential here for an opportunity to actually move into something bigger and better um yes you know going through the redundancy process is is awful particularly if you're attached to that organization but that there truly can be the opportunity to, to find something even bigger and better and brighter that you might be um, even happier in. So, yes. you know, it's not the end of the world. No, spot on. And, and, and Mary, you've, you've managed redundancy processes as a HR leader on a number of occasions. And you, you, you know, you, you, you're handing out advice to people, you're looking after people, you're caring for people. Um, and, and sometimes there's the process, which as you said, is very legalistic. And sometimes it's just, looking across the table at somebody that you've worked with and, and caring for them so so how do you how do you sort of balance all that um and give out advice to that person to sort of get them to engage with the process as, as much as possible how do you how do you help them help themselves picking up on on what sam has just said about feeling feeling of failure potentially i think that one of the key things to help people understand these days is that in the business world, change is the only constant. And whereas maybe years ago, losing one's job was, um, you know, tantamount to, oh, my goodness, what went wrong with you? Um, now, I think the mood has completely shifted. People understand they won't judge gone are the days when redundancy was a euphemism for there being some other reason for losing your role, which mm. if you had been better or done it differently, 
you know, is a situation that you could have avoided. So um, I think that that um, sometimes is, is a point of view that people ne don't necessarily think of themselves, but which it's really helpful to just um, lift one's eyes from the immediacy of one's own circumstances and realize that even the largest of businesses can uh, be taken over. I'll never forget personally when I knew some really senior people who worked at one large American IT corporation that probably thought that it was absolutely immune from being taken over by anybody else. Mm -hmm. And in actual fact, it was. And all those individuals lost their jobs. And that was quite some time ago now, but I have never forgotten the surprise that I felt, um, which was probably only um, a fraction of the surprise that people in the taken over company felt. And I think that was the moment that I realised that actually in business, anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a good way to summarise it. And, and, and Sam, you know, you've been a, a leader going through these processes a, a couple of times now, and you, you're, yeah. you're still in it at, at Colorado, obviously, and, and helping people manage through the process. What what advice would you give to other leaders that might be in the process now or about to embark on a process? Because obviously there's the, you've got the HR support in, in an expert like Mary, and that's always invaluable. But as a, as a leader, what are the things that you have to hold on to dearly to make sure that you come out of it feeling comfortable that you've done as well as you can for your people? Yeah, I think what worked incredibly well for us, actually, um, and something I, I do take pride in anyway, is that I'm a really open person um, as it stands, and that's my leadership style anyway. So I think what really worked for us and the feedback that I've always had from my team going through this process, and um, unfortunately, we've, we've, we've had some leavers that have proactively found um, themselves some new roles and I, actually I say that's unfortunate it's not at all I think good for them and they should be looking after themselves absolutely mm. um, I, I think what's always worked for me is um, the, the, the high level of communication I think you can't have enough of it so we were doing daily stand-ups we were doing um, weekly at least uh, kind of town hall meetings where it was company-wide even if there wasn't a lot to say you know even if there really wasn't any movement I think even if you can acknowledge that you don't always have all the answers I think being um, a remote first organization as well you kind of don't have that human interaction on a day-to-day -day basis so you can't just be pulling people aside and having a quick chat in the office and you can't be that physical shoulder for people to cry on um, but I, I think yeah communication certainly being authentic as well um, and just being there for people I think what also was helpful was that I was in the same um, I was in the same boat as these guys so yeah. it wasn't like I was sat there at the top being some ass, you know, just talking at them and putting all of these people through that process. I was also going through that process with them. And it was a very united feeling, actually. So despite us all feeling all the feels and it being awful, it helped that we spoke really openly about it and we were in it together. And I think they recognised that um, I'm certainly the kind of character that um, is incredibly approachable and uh, I was there 24 hours a day no matter what for everybody and I think that was really appreciated. Cool I can I can tell that it would be you know that that's that's 
sounds like a, you've done as much as you can. And, and certainly whilst we were chatting as you were going through the process, I know the the sort of emotional burden that you took on during yes. that time and how hard it is because it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always a, a thing really, isn't it? That leadership is a lonely position and, and certainly going through something like that can can be even more uh, lonely actually no and you're right and thank you I think you know what was helpful for me and and whilst I was there for everybody else you're right it's quite hard to forget um it's quite hard to remember actually to look after yourself going through that process and I think I took the first couple of weeks on the chin quite well and then it was like hitting a brick wall at one point and it, it hit me pretty hard it was almost like overnight the uh, the, the the realism of it actually affected me quite quickly I think because I was quite I was almost in survival mode I think so it was right I need to be the leader here I need to make sure that everyone here is is okay um and then yeah it was like oh actually you know what about me and my family and um what am I going to do next and you know naturally I think that should be a secondary thought you know I, I, I've, I've allowed myself to grow into a position where my people do have to come first and that's that's absolutely fundamental for me and it always has been um, but yeah I was grateful and, and not to plug mentoring too much um, as a gimmick here but I think what was um, really useful for me and so obviously you know I had yourself and I had other um, more, more informal mentors that I could rely on when I recognized that I needed to also have an outlet um, and it was really I was incredibly grateful actually that I could speak to the likes of you Ian um, and some other people in my network where they'd also gone through this or they could just hear me out um, I was a bit moany some days and other days I was okay and it was um, it was nice to be able to have people that I could rely on to, to talk through this as, uh, as I was going through it as well. Yeah no that's cool. Um, so so Mary thinking about it from a, a HR perspective then you again you've, you've managed these processes time and again um, and you're the you're the expert in the room how how do you how do you guide leaders that might be going down the wrong path uh, either you think ethically morally looking after the people not in quite the right way how do you how do you balance that between you know sometimes you're not the decision maker but you're just trying to coach them a little bit to kind of go you know hey 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 folks is this the right thing to do are we really looking after our people here is it, are these our values how do you how do you bring them around in in your experience how how can other hr people take take inspiration from what you've done so far so I think there's uh, there's a couple of very important things here. Um, other than in the case of complete business closure, obviously um, uh, the organisation is going to carry on in some way, shape, or form, and it's hugely important that um, those that are staying in the organisation feel sufficiently valued in order to want to do so, and. Uh, whilst I appear to have just discounted that in the case of complete business closure, uh, of course, that itself doesn't happen overnight. And therefore, as the business needs to continue to function effectively um, to serve its customers uh, and meet its SLAs and generally do all the things that it, it is expected to do, um, that is not going to happen unless people are treated properly and well and are prepared to stay until the point that the business doesn't need the role they are performing any longer. 
And so with that in mind, um, clearly managers in businesses uh, affecting redundancies are individuals too, and helping them to become very aware of their personal responsibilities um, as they think about those individuals with whom they will be consulting as the process evolves, quite often helps them to realize that there's no place for being faceless uh, or invisible behind a barrage of um, you know, e emails or FAQs. There will come a point where you are literally sitting across a desk whether or not it's in the real world or over teams, as we are at the moment, uh, talking one-to-one -one with individuals who will ask you uh, pertinent questions that you simply can't run away from. So maintaining trust and integrity is absolutely key to ongoing employee engagement. And as Sam said, it's, it's built on transparency and timeliness. Uh, regarding the circumstances facing the business and crucially what it means for individuals. Um, a whole load of generalities can be spoken, but if the end result is that people are no, no better off in terms of knowing what it might mean for them and when uh, that might happen, it's actually of no particular value. So encouraging those in management roles to play their part in ensuring regular updates which are honest and complete and which keep the lines of communication flowing even as Sam said when there's not much new to say is is absolutely key um, reminding people from time to time if it actually becomes required that the role of HR is to help keep the business um, legal and avoid doing things which it shouldn't um, and which will only end in tears um, is obviously one part of it. Um, the other, I think, is helping managers to realise that avoiding surprises at individual level is really important. And what that means is um, HR working with managers to plan ahead so that they are very um, comfortable about the scripts that will be used in, in the consultation meetings, that they're aware of the documentation that's necessary to go to individuals after those meetings in the forms of letters and severance illustrations, etc. Mm. So that managers realise that actually this is a process which um, simply has to be done with a respect and an elegance for everybody that's involved and um, encouraging them to to really um, engage in that as, as the only way to go forward yeah. um, one hears sometimes you know stories in the news of how whole swathes of people have heard about their um, demise of their job security and it never ends well for the business mm. um, and so sometimes subtle reminders of um, how we'd really all might not to end up in the papers yeah. because of xyz um, 
I'm grateful and, uh, that I've never worked in businesses where sharp practice has been the order of the day um, and where the values of the organisation are consistently thought through in terms of what it means for the practicalities of um, executing a redundancy process. But it, it's, it, it's one that uh, you have to keep a very close eye on all the time because um, emotions and, and the mood within a business can uh, change uh, you know, quite quickly if one mm -hmm. is not careful based on things which sometimes one feels one doesn't have any control over, but which in the final analysis one probably does. Yes, no, I think, I think you're right. Some really good advice there. Um, so, so we've been through the journey. We've understood the emotions. Uh, I think we've heard from some from you both um, with some really good tips um, and some good sort of uh, sort of retrospective reviews of, of, of past processes you've both been through. Um, but imagine now we're through the process. We're coming at the other end. Um, any any sort of like tips for? you know, looking at the sort of practical job seeking side of it, the right, I've accepted that I'm leaving this business now. Um, how, how do I handle my emotions and how do I flip to having good conversations with recruitment companies, updating my LinkedIn profile, all, all of those things. How do we, how do we flip to that? Um, Sam, would you mind sort of just give me your thoughts on, on that? And, and obviously you've done something pretty successful because you're moving on to a new job um, with, with no sort of particular gap, actually. Yeah. So, so tell us your story. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, so this, this it's really easy for me to talk about because it's just so fresh at the moment, isn't it? Um, so I suppose back, back story is that, uh, as, as I explained already, is that Colorado went through the supplier of last resort process, meaning that um, the, entire, the entirety of Colorado then um, went into a mass consultation period. Now, we are out of that consultation period, um, thankfully, so I'll, I'll kind of clarify that point. But what we found happened quite quickly is that um, even though people, people weren't immediately um, at risk and there was a 30 day minimum period that we were entering. What we'd recognize is that overnight, um, a lot of our staff had put on their open to work banners and everybody was um, proactively looking quite quickly. because I think it was quite obvious what the um, eventual outcome would be. So as a leader of that business, part of you wants to sit there and say, crap, no, don't do that because we still need you, right? We still need bills being produced. We still need, um, people to pick up the phones to speak to our customers and there has to be an element of BAU. However, the human side of you then says, do you know what guys, you also need to make sure that you can pay your own bills um, and that actually you're financially secure and you are finding a role um, that you've got a, a longer term future within. So it was quite um, interesting, I think emotionally over, you know, the, the whole, uh, what what should we be putting first now we really struck a nice balance where we were um working on a case-by-case -case basis with everybody so there was only 25 people um within the organization and quite quickly as i say people were, were looking for other jobs now for those that weren't and for those that hadn't gone through this process before um what we'd done uh, proactively set up um the first thing we did actually was set up a, a slack channel 
so we could all share roles that we found on LinkedIn that might be suitable for each other. Um, I was also, um, I, I put out a post on my LinkedIn to say about the demise of Colorado Energy and I was absolutely floored um, by the amount of impact that that, that generated. So I was daily um, receiving notifications from either um, recruiters or other business owners that have positions within their businesses, either for myself or any colleagues that we might have within the energy and um, within the energy department that could maybe go elsewhere. So we actually found ourselves in a position where we had more kind of job offers than we did people, which was wow. very, very unusual, but um, what a relief. Hey, I think um, because I'm familiar with other organizations that haven't been as lucky as that. I think where we um, we were not the only energy supplier to, to go bust, as you know, um, I mean, any anybody that's listening here from the UK will be firmly aware um, that, you know, we're in the region of 20 odd suppliers that have subsequently gone into the solar process over the past two months. Um, which meant that competition would be really, really high for any roles that did even open. Um, but no, touch wood, and I'm touching wood. Um, we, we found ourselves in a, in a really strong position where, I, not being too boasty, but we had a very high caliber team as well. So I, you know, personally, I, I knew that a lot of them would go off and find themselves jobs and they'd be a wonderful asset to anybody. Um, so yeah, from, from a practical perspective, we set up a lot of channels, but thankfully um, there wasn't too much we had to do because the network kind of worked itself and reputationally, you know, people were picked up and ultimately it's all worked out really well. Um, and as you mentioned, Ian, even for myself, um, which, uh, which I'm incredibly grateful for. Cool, a good news story. Um, and, and, and Mary, just sort of bringing bringing things to a to a close now. What's the, if I can really sort of drill down on on maybe you know, just one thing, one tip that you would give somebody listening to today, as they they're coming out the other end of the redundancy process and they're kind of going right. So where where do I start? What what should I be doing? Is it is it how they switch their emotions, or is it something practical like? reach out to your network, what, what do you think is the best next step for them? I think it's probably a combination of two things. First of all, being aware of the change curve and the emotions which come into play at times like this, shock, denial, anger, depression, acceptance, because um, that just helps an individual to understand that however they're feeling is probably absolutely natural and, uh, and understandable. Um, Self-care, I think, therefore, comes from that. In the non-work sphere, looking after yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, um, you know, overcoming that sense of, oh my goodness, I don't want to tell anybody, what will they think? And actually activating a support network which encourages well-being and boosts positive positivity because those are the things that you need to be feeling in order to get out there and start to connect with um, the places where you're going to find what you want next. Um, being, being active in the job hunting world means several things. Being clear on what you're looking for and how to find the best opportunities. Um, becoming a plausible candidate uh, which means having a captivating CV and an effective cover letter. And you can only spend time preparing those things if you're feeling good about yourself. Yes. Um, so I think that that's the crucial thing. Um, again, when it comes to interviews, um, prepare, prepare, prepare. 
Well, um, either if you have the, the backing of, of an outplacement programme, you may have the technology to enable recording yourself on video and watching it back. But if you don't have that, you need a trusted buddy to be the interviewer and give you feedback at a more personal level. So, and, and then to have the confidence to, to conduct your own lessons learned so that if you get the job, fantastic. But if you don't, you know, why was that? Seek feedback, uh, which someone famous once said is the breakfast of champions. But it all starts with looking after yourself first and yes. acknowledging how you feel on any given day and allowing yourself to recognize that looking for the next thing is gonna take some time, but the rest of the world's still going. So make, make time for the rest of what makes you whole as an individual, family, friends, interests, hobbies, exercise, you know, proper sleep, good food, all that kind of thing, you know? It's Good. just a phase of life that, that one is going through. And in due course, it, it, it will come to um, a conclusion and you'll be walking through into the next chapter. That is absolutely spot on. Absolutely. Cheers, Mary. Thank you. So um, we're at the end of the podcast now, which is we've, we kind of whizzed through a load of things there. And I'm sure anybody listening would have picked up loads of, 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 of sort of insight and, and tips. Uh, but, but also, I hope... Uh, that that everybody kind of feels the same way. Uh, clearly, different grades of feeling and, and different, um, you know, everybody's different. Everybody will experience things differently. Um, but, you know, we all kind of think the same sort of stuff as we go through this process, don't we? And we all feel like, you know, am I a failure? It hits my confidence, all of those sorts of things. So thank you both for sharing your your personal stories. That, that's been wonderful. Um, and as always, uh, thank you for choosing to listen to What the Future. If you enjoyed this episode, then please hit the subscribe button and uh, most importantly, tell others about us. Um, equally, as you know, we're a, we're a mentoring program. So if you're looking for a mentor um, or if you want to become a mentor, um, then please uh, take a look at us at futureleadersmentoring.com. Uh, there's a button on there. You can just tap and you can join us through that route. So um Speak to us at the same time next week. And uh, thank you both for uh, rocking up to today's podcast. Thank you both. Good to see you. Mary, lovely to see you too. Bye for now. Cheers. Take care. Bye.